0: two, one. Hi, this is Kelly Black Witch.
1: Hey, this is Lizzie McGuire.
0: And you're listening to Les Vibe,
1: The gayest, and I mean the gayest podcast on Spotify, Anchor, and other listening sites.
0: Today's topic is Let's Talk Mental Health. Um, This episode is all about mental health, and it's a doozy. So if anybody is listening to this, trigger warning, there will be talks of mental health suicide and other topics so we are giving you a pre-warning now so if this is too much for you then this would not be an episode for you to listen to but we are giving you the trigger warning from the beginning hey cuz how are you doing
1: i'm good cuz how you doing cuz
0: Cuz. okay, today we have two guests with us um we'd like to say hello to eli and our good friend coach aj Hello, my darlings. Hey. What up, what
2: up,
0: what up? Hi. Hi. Now Coach AJ, I know you've come in here to support. Eli, could you both give us your handles on social media?
3: Uh, Eli, you go first.
2: Um, I'm not sure. It's probably some variation of A1 certified, A1 dot certified, A1 underscore certified, A1 certified. On TikTok, Instagram, it's pretty much the only two that I have. But you can Mm -hmm. find me under that handle.
3: Thank you, my darling. And Coach AJ? Oh, yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at DopeLifeCoach underscore and on TikTok, uh, DopeLifeCoach.
0: Thank you so much. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Can we have a round of applause? Thank you for coming in. Uh, I know it's going to be a difficult topic that we are going to be talking about today. So we're going to go lightly. Any questions, uh, Eli, that we feel as though that may be too much. Please tell us. We we want to talk to you. We want to help you. Now, I don't know if anybody knows, but uh, one of our good friends, somebody who's appeared on this very podcast, um, stood famous, aka Fame, aka Whitney. Uh, sadly, it passed away recently and it was um, through, like we said today, the trigger warning is through suicide. So we are going to talk about mental health in our community and how we need to address it and not just as lesbians, but as people of color. And we are going to talk. So Eli, my lovely, please take as much time as you want and you need to speak. We just want to ask you, how are you?
2: Um, well, I'm alive and I'm thankful for that. Um, Outside of that, I am trying to cope. I'm doing my best to cope and keep it together. Um, It doesn't get easier. I can definitely say that much. But with a good support system, I think that I am doing the best that I can within these times.
0: Beautiful. So you obviously were Stud Famous's, aka Fames, aka Whitney's beautiful girlfriend. And obviously, like we said, we're talking about this topic because it needs to be addressed. Not many people like to talk about it, but it is something because there are many of us who are battling with our mental health. And we have spoken about mental health ever so slightly before on this podcast, but we wanted to go further in depth and we thought the best person to indeed help would be yourself. We obviously, like I said, we have AJ, who is a friend of both yourself, our friend, um, and is here to support you also. What I would like to say to you as a question is, what was it like... Um, known that the person that you was dating that you were with was battling their mental health how did that impact your life how did that you knowing that they had i don't want to say inner demons but they were battling so many different things within themselves be that through trauma or ptsd how was a relationship did you two come together so you could have that union and that support um
2: i would say well Sounds like two different questions, but for the first question, Mm -hmm. as far as how did it impact me, I would say it was definitely a direct impact. Um, Mm -hmm. It felt as if I was battling it myself, which I will never minimize someone else's struggle Mm -hmm. um, and say that, oh, I can completely understand what they were going through, but being someone else's partner and living with them and dealing with it day to day, it does impact you very deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, Every day is a struggle. So I think a lot of things that people get misconstrued when it comes to depression or any other form of mental health issues, whether it be like bipolar disorder or PTSD or anything like that. When you start getting into the realm of suicide and suicidal ideation, it's very dark. It's a very dark space for them to be in. And it's also a dark space for any of your partners, family, friends, anyone that's close to that person, because it's a space that puts you in a feeling of helplessness and despair Mm -hmm. and i say that i can understand that because that's typically what the person that's struggling with is feeling at that time a lot of helplessness and despair and so um it was very impacting it's like a lot of people think that they romanticize depression and stuff in the media and they also think that oh if you don't look like x y and z then you can't be depressed or oh if you don't have these problems, then you can't be depressed. But the problem with that is, is that sometimes people are not getting out of bed. They're not showering. They're not eating. They're not brushing their teeth. They're not doing basic daily hygiene or whatever the case may be. And they're not really going through their daily life. Then you have other times that it may look like that, but it also may look like they're getting up. They're going to work. They're being functional. They're completing their routine. And they're still battling with these inner demons and i will say that because especially when it comes to as y'all know her fame as i know her whitney uh, mm-hmm. she was battling with a lot of inner demons and so when you're trying to support someone through that you have your ups and downs but you have more downs and ups and it is very heavy and it is a lot because if you care about someone you don't want to see them struggling you don't want to see them in pain you don't want to hear them talk about not wanting to live and wanting to wake up every day and waiting to die and hoping to die and you're trying to set goals and stuff like that for you and your relationship and for the future Mm -hmm. and you're having to second guess everything that you're trying to make decisions about because that person's goal is literally death ending it all so with that like i said it's it's a very heavy space to be in because how do you help someone if all they see is the end How do you Mm -hmm. get them to see anything other than that? And you do have to deal with the days that are very bad. And there may be crying spells or there may be, like I said, talking about suicide or there may be some attempts or there may be other issues that come into factor dealing with panic attacks or psychosis or anything like that. So you're catching all of the tail end of everything that they're going through and you have to be able to make a decision like, okay do I commit this person? Do I not commit this person? How bad is this? How, how manageable is this? And so it's like, you're going back and forth with yourself. You're going back and forth with them, trying to encourage them and support them. There is never a right thing to say. You try to feel like, what's the right thing to say? Oh, you have something to live for. Oh, what about your family? Or, oh, what about all these different things? But when people are, are deep in the midst of suppression and deep in the midst of battling suicide and suicidal ideation, it's there is no right thing to say and everything that is politically correct to say like oh well think about all these different things and all these people that care about you they don't understand that they don't understand it not because they don't want to not because they're choosing not to they don't understand that because their brain is telling them that none of that makes sense and none of it is worth it and one thing that was a reoccurring issue was the fact that she used to feel like she was a burden. And I hear that in a lot of different cases of people that I work with and other people that I just know and talk to. They feel like there's such a burden on the people that care about them and their loved ones that not only are they going through this traumatic experience, but they also feel like I'm stressing this other person out. I'm making things worse for them. So if I'm such a burden, then it makes more sense for me to be able to take myself out of the equation so they can continue to live on and go through life. And so it just puts you, it impacts you really heavily because if you don't have the right thing to say, if you don't have the proper resources or you can't enforce those resources because you can't commit someone against their will, unless they're completely out of their mind, if they're coherent and talking and functional, you can't get them committed. So if you don't have the right resources, you can't get them committed. If they don't have insurance or whatever the case may be, if they're not or refusing to take medicine or whatever it may be, you can't aid them in the way that they need to be aided and so all you're dealing with is the tragedy of everything that it is that they're experiencing and it takes a toll on you because how can you be happy when the person that you love is so sad how can you go out and experience life and enjoy life or try to encourage someone to come along with you to do different things when they are so down and out they don't want to leave the house they don't want to leave the bed they have no will for life so it, it's it's a heavy part on the person, and it's definitely a heavy part on anyone that's close to them or trying to deal with and support them as well. Thank you so much, my lovely. Thank you for saying
0: that. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, I wanted to ask you, what has this experience, this I don't want to call it situation, it's still very you and very new to you. What has this brought you? What- that's come to you that you've noticed about this like what have you found in yourself and knowing what you know how has this experience changed you as a person
2: oh I would say as supportive and caring and loving and encouraging that you think you can be and are being to someone mm mm-hmm. That you just don't realize when enough will never be enough, Mm -hmm. Um, which is the hardest thing. So it's like you think you're doing everything that you possibly can be. And even if you are, it's not enough. And then if you aren't, then you're living with this regret and you're battling yourself like, oh, I could have done more. I should have done more. I failed this person. I didn't Mm -hmm. show up how I was supposed to. And especially when someone is battling depression and it doesn't look like every day doesn't look the same. Every day doesn't look like, oh, crying spells or suicidal spells or suicide attempts or laying in the bed and not being able to get out, not being functional, not being social. Some days look normal. And some days they'll tell you that everything is OK. And I think I, the biggest thing that I learned that even when they say everything is OK, everything is not OK.
3: Mm.
2: Um, Everything is not always OK. And that's a coping mechanism. That's a cop out. That is a defense mechanism. That is a, I'm trying to relieve this burden from you so Mm -hmm. you don't have to internalize and go through this with me. And I want you to think that I'm okay when I'm really not okay and I don't even know how to be okay type Mm -hmm. thing. So from this situation, I learned um, because dealing with her specifically, the morning that she decided to disappear and she sent out her personal goodbye letters to everyone that was like close to her and important and then posted on social media saying goodbye like a general goodbye to everyone saying that you know she'll see them in the next lifetime that morning did not look like any other morning or any other day or any other other hour throughout the day or any other night that was familiar to me from all the times that we had been battling her depression and battling her suicidal ideation. Um, those times are very clear. When you can see someone is off and you can see them not acting or reacting the same way that they used to, it's like, okay, something's wrong. Let me take time to stay here with you. Let me take time to cater to you. Let me take time to be here and support you. Mm-hmm. But when someone says they're okay and you leave your house, like okay, they're fine. This is a lot. Mm-hmm and Uh, you realize when you come back you don't see them again
3: yeah
2: it hits you a lot differently and so that would be and that's what happened in this situation like she woke up fine it did not look like any of the other times that we had been going through this and any other times that she was ready to end it all um it looked like one of the better days for the last week and a half she had been seemingly fine and what I thought was OK and had more of a will and zest for life and was trying to push through it. And that morning, I said she woke up early and that was a little bit out of character. And she was a little bit more distant, but I wasn't reading it the same as like, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I'm suicidal. Oh, I need to sit here and talk to you. Please stay with me. So I left the house and next thing you know, everyone is calling me about the messages that she's been sending out and the stuff that she posted on the internet. And I look at my phone and she sent me a goodbye message and turned off her location and blocked me and blocked a lot of other important people that had access to her that would be able to stop her and literally disappeared off into the night. Could not find her, was like running around looking for her, put out a missing persons report and found out the next day that they found her body and that she actually went through with it. So... The biggest mm. takeaway is, for me, when someone you know is battling depression, they say that I'm okay. It does not always mean that they're okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, If you don't mind, um, like you said, there was a message that was put on social media. Do you mind if I read that or would that be too much for you?
2: No, that'll be fine. I definitely want you to read that because she also left a letter outside of the personal letters that she messages she sent out to everyone she left a letter and i definitely want to read that and in that she wants us to be able to tell her story and share her story so it can help the next person or the person that is trying to support someone through this so please by all means if you put it on the internet that's what she wants people to know and these were her last words
0: so the message that she put i myself saw this um i was literally watching tv checking messages as you do and if not many people know stud stud famous uh fame if you know his nickname or is just whitney as obviously eli knows her she posted a story so me and myself I was like oh what well, let's see what's going on with fame I ain't seen her for a while da-na-na-na. and the message read i want to thank my family and friends please don't blame yourself for not being there you've done all you could i love you all dearly Nothing could have changed my decision. A few of you know, I've been struggling with this darkness for a long time, a lifetime. I've literally tried everything and I'm sorry. I just can't fight anymore. I'll see you next lifetime, fame, with a diamond emoji. Um, I know knowing her, you know, seeing that was a big shock. And I know I came straight to you and messaged you. I was like, have you seen this? Um, and it was you know, it's one of those things, you know, that if, you know, someone's dealing with like, obviously speaking to her and understanding fame and just knowing like, you know, she was very much an advocate to say that, you know, she's had therapy and she said this like on a previous episode, because obviously we've had her on the podcast before and she's spoken so candidly um, about, you know, things and, you know, what she's gone through and then seeing that message, I know it may be, it have alerted a lot of people. And like you said, there was a, you said that you put out a missing uh, persons report, like a, what would you say, it was called a BOLO, I think you're saying over there, it's called a BOLO. Um,
2: well, yeah, so it's a missing persons report, but they legally can't file a missing person until it's 24 hours after they've been missing.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: what they did, because it was less than 24 hours, was put out a BOLO, which is a be on the lookout for this mm-hmm. person. And... Um, it's pretty much similar, but it's a little less urgent because, like I said, before 24 hours, they're like, okay, this person could just have or they may come back or whatever the case may be. Um, so that was the situation. By the time 24 hours later came, she was already dead.
0: Yeah. How did that make you feel knowing that these goodbyes and these things, and again, you know, again, Tammy, if it's too intrusive for me asking. How did you feel knowing that this had hit the internet? This had hit social media. Obviously, you know, you were trying to look for her and find her. And, like you said, you know, a lot of people, especially in this day and age, don't realize how important it is to make sure we check on people's mental health. And a lot of people still see that when you say, oh, I'm dealing with, you know, mental health, they see it as some form of joke because it's like some sort of cop hat say, oh, you know, if I have like anxiety, depression, you know, I have like, you know, my panic attacks or whatever that you have occurring. Um, how did you feel knowing that all these things like people messaging you what was going through your mind
2: uh honestly nothing at that point because like I said she lives with me and we had already been battling this and going through this and so by the time it hit the internet we already were dealing with it so when I say we I say me like her mom her sister were the primary factors because we were some of the last people that she had reached out to Mm -hmm. um, at that time that we knew. And so it's like when everyone's hitting me up and that's why I wasn't replying and responding to a lot of people because I was actively in it and dealing with it at that time. So seeing it on the internet was like, okay, yeah, this is more information and people reaching out and stuff about it was like, okay, great. These people are concerned, but however, it didn't really phase me because at the time that she was, gone missing we already knew that she was missing and i was actively on the hunt trying to track her down i think the biggest i think the biggest issue that i faced with that was the fact that it's on the internet everybody knows about it originally i was thinking like okay if we find her and we get through this like this is something that i don't know if you want to really publicize this may be something that's very embarrassing like okay you post this on the internet and mm-hmm. then everything's okay. You put this out for everybody's opinion and everybody say so to chime in on how they feel about it or what they think is going on or what they think they know. Um, but outside of that, I think it's it was just more so a very helpless and hopeless feeling mm-hmm. because everybody is reaching out. And I felt in my gut and her mom felt in her gut. Like, we know how this is going to end. We know that this is not going to have the outcome that everyone is hoping for. We know that we're asking people to look for and chime in and call if they see her. But we already felt and knew in our heart and soul and spirit that she wasn't coming back. So to not have any answers for people or anything to say or be able to comfort people in that time is like, I don't even have the time to process and deal with it. But I know once I get back around to it, what this is going to look like.
0: I understand. And again, we are so sorry for your loss and for the loss um, towards Fame's family. Um, I know that you said that, you know, there was a letter and that, you know, she wants her story to be told. What fond memories do you have about you and being with Fame? What things give you good memories? What do you remember?
2: Uh, So... I don't know if I should start with the letter first or if I should respond. You to do good what, memories. You um do whatever is best for you. I would say. good. I'll start with the good memories. The good memories, I would say, man. Give me a second.
0: Take your time, darling. Take your time.
1: We're here for you. We're all
2: I would say the good memories were are that she was a very, very fun and lively and creative and sensitive, and loving, and nurturing, and giving person, Mm -hmm. Um, very selfless. She was one of those people that would literally give you any and everything, and always think about herself last, and I think that was one of her biggest battles, like, not knowing how to love herself enough, and not knowing how to battle her own demons and not knowing how to prioritize herself first and always prioritizing other people and then being in situations to where she felt that she was taking advantage of by people or not taken seriously by people or being overlooked by people um, was a struggle but she was very like I said and it's crazy to know that someone is battling this type of demon and this type of unhappiness and this type of just disdain and disregard for life and feeling so isolated and so alone, even though she had plenty of people that loved and cared about her and were always be trying to reach out or she would be reaching out to random strangers that were battling mental health or struggling with addiction or anything like that random strangers off the street and off the internet and really just speaking life into them and speaking life into everybody around her um, just shows a lot about her character. So she was just a really solid person, very fun to be around, very funny to be around, still making jokes, still, still laughing, still playing, still being goofy, still being herself and still battling so much internally. That it's like one second you can be laughing and the next second you're saying, "Oh, I'm ready to end it all." It's just it's just a blur. It's just like how how does this happen? But like I said, really sweet, really amazing person, um, really talented, She's very talented. Is a very talented, very creative, and very selfless. Uh, those would probably be the the best descriptive words in a short to be able to describe her talented selfless creative fun funny outgoing and deeply troubled
3: <laughs>
2: and deeply troubled thank you so much for telling us that thank you so
0: much shane do you remember how you guys met
2: yeah i actually um ended up meeting her on tiktok So weird. (laughs) I ended up meeting her on TikTok. And the weird thing is, in the live that I was in, we were actually talking about mental health and different things like that, and narcissism and people plotting and taking advantage of and stuff like that. And that was the first time that I was introduced to her. And then after that, you know, just started to learn about her and speak to her um, through the platform. Then eventually took that off the platform and got to know her on a more interpersonal level and um, loved everything that I knew about her, loved everything that I knew about her and wasn't aware that how deep, how deep this depression and this, and she battled, like I said, depression and um, also complex PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so not knowing how deep her trauma and her wounds and her past and her history really it. Um, but the things that I did know, cause she was very vocal about it. She would be talking about it on different platforms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, sometimes you just really don't have a grasp on how it's really affecting that person and how it may potentially impact you if you get involved with that person. But it's like, okay, you like this person, you love everything that you know about them and that you're learning about them. And they just are such a positive light. They're in this, this field of darkness but they're still exuding such a bright light that it just makes no sense. But you're willing to like, okay, we all struggle with something. I have my own mental health issues. Everybody is going through different things. So it's like, okay, I can handle this. That's fine. I'm not going to shun you or turn you away because you're battling something that's outside of your control. Mm -hmm. I can show up for you and support you in the best way that I know how, but not knowing how deep that ran was the shocker, was a shocker. And not knowing that your love and your light can't pull, can't always pull somebody out of that space. Like they have to be able to pull themselves out of it. But when you're that far gone, they can't even see a way to pull themselves out of it. But I will say one thing that she did do, she tried. Oh, she tried. She tried and tried. And none of this is new. She's had issues spending years and years and years throughout her whole entire life she's had other suicide attempts she had been committed to different actual psychiatric hospitals um so none of this is fresh and none of this is new but knowing that you can't pull somebody out of this type of darkness no matter how much light you shine on them no how yeah. much no matter how many how much aid that you give to them no matter how far you're reaching out and how much weight you're carrying to pull them up if they can't stand up, they just can't stand up. But even through the midst of all of that, she was such an amazing person that was very infectious that is like almost like, oh, I have to know more. I have to know you. I want to be around you. I want to learn about you. I want to be introduced to your struggle. I want you to tell me everything. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think she had that effect on a lot of people. And like I said, just through... Her music and her artistry and her creativity, as well as people's personal relationships with her, like solid person, solid, solid person. And sometimes you just will never know what people are really going through.
0: Exactly. Thank you again for sharing. Coach AJ and Flizzy, what is your take on the simple fact that mental health is not discussed a lot more, not just as women, but as black women, as in the lesbian community, why is it that it's such a to-do that it's not
3: really spoke about?
1: Plus,
3: yeah.
1: uh, you go first, you go first. Uh, 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 well, I mean, it's just like growing up, it's not really talked about because, oh, you could tell like your parents, oh, I'm not having a good day right now, or I'm depressed. Well, yo, you better go depress these damn dishes. Like yeah. it's, it's not taken seriously. In the community, so it's, it's so it's kind of hard to even just think about. Oh, I want to go to a, a therapist. It's look down upon. It. You go to a therapist, you're considered weak. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? so it's it, it it's it's really crazy. Like I, oh, shit, I got a damn therapist now. After a while, I realized that I actually needed it. Mm-hmm. Like some stuff you can't handle on your own,
3: mm-hmm. and I- so.
1: And then after going through, like, all, like, talking and all the other kind of stuff, you you realize that sometimes you feel better, sometimes you don't. But it's just the fact that you're actively trying to put steps towards, like, trying to make yourself better.
2: So I will piggyback off of that really quickly before Coach AJ chimes in. That, how she was saying that whole, like, oh, go to press these dishes. That is very very common in the black community because yeah. just in the black culture we are taught to keep our pro- our problems private. Yes. We are taught to not yeah, go we- out. We have to always armor up to be able to face the world and everything else that's going around that we don't have time to show any level of weakness. We don't have time to show any level of oh, I'm actually going through this and I may actually need help. You don't need help. A lot of people say, oh, turn to God, turn to the church. Everybody's yeah. not religious. I'm not going to disrespect anybody's religion. But at the end of the day, everybody is not religious. And even people that are religious still struggle and still battle with these <laughs> same mental health issues. And often it said, well, you're depressed. What do you have to be depressed about? Like you can have a lot of things going on in your life and people are still looking at you. Well, everything's good for you. What do you have to be depressed about? But you look at these white millionaires that are jumping off of the top of hotel building balconies or they're killing themselves in their office or in their homes or whatever. You just have these people, these elite people that seem like they have everything going for themselves in the world. You got the money. You have the status. You have the power. And you're still battling something enough to where you are ready to end your life. So it's not always a matter of, well, what do you have to be depressed about? Like, bitch, I'm depressed. Yes. The point is, is if you want to take the time to really understand what I'm depressed about, then ask me that. But don't come in a condescending way. Don't come attacking me or don't come minimizing my experience by saying, approaching it like depressed about or you're not depressed. Go depress these dishes. You need to get up and still do it because that's just always what's expected of us, especially just being black. Like, you have to get it done regardless. It don't matter if you're having a bad day, a good day, an off day. It don't matter what you're going through. You have to still get it done. You still have to show up and you still have to shine and you still have to smile in these white people's faces. You still have to get up and go to work. You still have to meet all of these requirements and you just don't get a space to feel or process through anything that you're feeling or you're the angry black woman or the violent mm-hmm. black man or whatever case, or the person that is victimizing themselves when at the end of the day, that is something that's perpetuated in this culture, not only, but also in this society that is built around white elitism. And so it's like, if this is what you're facing in your everyday life, and you don't even have a chance to check in with yourself, how can you expect anyone to even be able to begin to explain to you what they're going (laughs) through or to feel that you would even begin to take them seriously? Mm -hmm is mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I said,
3: I said, i kind of like tapping in on that. I think that we need to understand also specifically being a Jamaican descent child. When I told my mother that I had ideations of suicide at the age of 17, she was just relieved that I didn't do it, but I was just like, okay, she didn't even follow up. But, and I was kind of shocked by that because she's like, just when we go to church, you know, say extra prayers. And I'm like, I appreciate her for saying that at the same time, that wasn't going to fix my situation. It progressively got worse until I actually started seeking therapy and fixing my shit and working through my shit. So I, I, I 100% agree with both of you saying that in terms of like the Black culture, I would I mean, Janae and Flizzy, you could probably tell me a little bit more in terms of like how it was in your household, but I know... And most Caribbean households, you can't be depressed. Like, yeah. it's just in their eyes. That's how, it's like, that's a luxury. And I'm just looking at them like, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean that's a luxury? Yeah. Because your struggle was your struggle. This is my struggle. How can you try to compare yours to mine? Like, make it make sense. As Eli said, like, you got millionaires killing themselves. I remember when uh, there was a, this, uh, what's his name? He owned a uh, Golden Crust, the Jamaican Patty guy. The man killed himself like people in Jamaica people are like oh he had no reason to do it what the fuck are you talking about he didn't do it for no reason I
0: will I will piggyback off that I will say two points the first point is when you said about growing up I remember growing up I was bad. I hate it I hate it with a passion I almost wanted to jump out the window of the bathroom but I had one of my friends stuck there were other times where Like, I couldn't do it anymore because I was alone, I was stressed, I was tired, I just had enough. And a lot of the times, whenever I would say something, like when I was down and depressed, my grandmother, bless her heart, would say, you know, oh, when the weather and you know you need to pray and you know you need to fix this and this will fix back and stuff and I'm like you're not listening to me oh it could have been this no you're not listening I'm telling you I'm depressed I'm telling you that there's a struggle even down to my mother like when I tell her like I'm on antidepressant she's like why why are you taking that medication that's gonna make you worse first of all let me tell you something that medication makes me feel a lot better and at peace it makes me feel like yes I'm not gonna be of my life i am trying my hardest i have therapy i ring who i need to whenever i need to i will also say this which a lot of people don't realize and especially as a caribbean woman there's nothing worse than when you are that one person going through the battle that you're going through and you are one of say- people imagine like a party you are sat there with a smile on your face but your eyes are telling the world that you are in pain and that you are tired and you cannot do it and everyone asks you are you okay and you're like yeah i'm fine and you know that yeah i'm fine yes i'm okay Is not true but also you are at your most loneliest even though you are covered and surrounded by the people you love and i don't think people understand how mental health i suffer with my mental health And I know that sometimes I could be around a gazillion people smiling, kinning tea, drinking a drink and, and looking at you like everything's okay, but inside I am screaming and no sound is escaping my mouth because it's as though someone has stunted the sound because it's like someone's hands are around my neck and I can't breathe. And people don't seem to realize how hard that is as somebody growing up knowing, and I know that Eli, you and myself have spoken, where you have said that there have been so many trials and tribulations that she has faced. And the fact that she took this from childhood right up until her, her years have, you know, her final year, which was this year. And you go through that battle and you try so hard to fight them demons. And you try so hard to be positive. And sometimes in this day and age, what people don't realize is some people, I've had, you know, family members who have known people that have you know again taken their lives but it's like that week before or that day before they've up it's almost like they've made peace it's like a closure for them and then literally when you least expect it they're gone because they don't want to feel like you said fame says they don't want to be a burden and they feel like if they can and do it in their way in a roundabout way so it doesn't cause too much attention or it doesn't cause too much they just say their goodbyes and be at peace with themselves and then go through with the act that's when they feel like finally the calm that was after the storm is finally here and now I can breathe and now I'm free you feel me does that make sense
2: mm-hmm. yeah no it definitely makes sense um, it definitely makes sense and I think that I think that with that, we have to realize everybody's version of peace and what peace means to them is very different. Yes. It's yeah. very, very different. And that's what I have learned throughout this experience is that I used to always say, okay, but she was like, I, I'm trying to find a way to be happy. I just don't feel happy. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't have to focus on happiness because happiness is temporary. Happiness is not always going to come, but peace, you can maintain peace.
3: Mm -hmm. Your level
2: of peace, you can have peace without happiness. You can have peace without sadness. You can have peace without anger. You can have peace without grief. Peace is is a lot more stable than happiness is. So I used to always say, okay, well, if you can find what brings you peace, then that will be better than anything. So when you have those shifts in moods and you have those shifts of emotion, you still have something to anchor down to, which is your level of peace. But for her, Her level of peace was equated to freedom. Mm -hmm. And her level of freedom was equated to relinquishing and relief from being here on this earth and having this, what she called a human experience, where she already felt like she did not resonate and did not resonate with her soul. And um, I wanna make sure that I add that a lot of people look at suicide in a lot of different ways. They say, oh, it's the most selfish act and the most selfish thing that you can think of. That is probably the most common thing that I hear. And as much as you want to feel like that, I feel like that is coming from the most selfish space. Yes, Because to say that someone is selfish because they decide to choose themselves and choose their level of peace and their level of freedom is selfish. On behalf, on account of you wanting them to be around, it's like saying, Oh, I know you're suffering. Oh, I know you're unhappy. Oh, I know you're in daily pain and turmoil, but I want you to stay like that because I want you to be happy to be yeah. able to see you. So if you have kids, oh, what about your kids? Oh, what about your mom, your dad, your friends, and all these people that love you? If the person that you're loving is not okay, the person that you're loving is is suffering so sometimes suicide is not the most it feels selfish to us on a very human superficial level because we want what we want of course i want her here of course her mom wants her here of course her friends family exes anybody want her here who would say oh i hope up and i i I wake up and i hope that you die i wish that you were dead no one's gonna feel like that oh life will be better without you here no one's gonna feel like that Mm. But to sit there and say, oh, I love you, but I also want to see you continue to suffer is selfish in itself.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: it's up to us and the people that are left behind to be able to deal with and manage their own emotions. Yeah, you're going to be sad. Yeah, you're going to be grieving. Yeah, you're going to be going all these th- through all these different things. But at the end of the day, this plus more is what this person was battling every single day. Yes. She could not get a break.
3: Mm-hmm. She
2: could not get a break. There were no days off. There were no. Oh, OK, well, time has passed with time passing. You know, things get easier. There was not that this was not a impulsive decision. This was not a out of the blue moment. This was not a one thing triggered this. There were a lot of cascading and domino effects that had been branching off a lot of different areas of her life rooted in a lot of trauma that came out of her childhood that she was battling every single day of her life. So how do I sit back and say, oh, you're weak because you committed suicide?
1: Exactly. You're not.
2: I feel like at that point, if you're trying to serve everybody else, and you're trying to always make everybody else happy and you're trying to always show up for everybody else. This is the first time that she chose herself. And I think yeah. that is a damn, that is a damn good thing for her. That made sense for her yes she chose her for the first time in the first and that so happened to be death but she chose her yes and she didn't get that opportunity while she was here so people have to keep in mind that like i said it's not always a weakness depression is not always a weakness people that battle with depression that are going through it feel weak but they are so strong when they continue to go through it, people that have faced suicide attempts, people that have faced si- suicidal ideations are so strong because guess what? They're still here. People that have decided to make that decision for themselves are also equally as strong because guess what? They chose themselves. Yes. And I think that is commendable. I think that is admirable. And I am left to do with my feelings what I need to do with them and that's not her responsibility that is not her burden to bear so I would just like for people to open up their minds and not be so judgmental to think that you want someone to suffer just so you will be happy that's selfishness not someone saying that this is too much for me and I just can't do this anymore and so I'm going to choose me for the first time that's selflessness
0: that part Mm -hmm. I would just like to add to that thank you again for sharing you know, I can't believe that this ooh, I can't even believe like she's gone. Like honestly, it feels very surreal. Like I don't know about you guys and I can imagine for yourself, Eli. How do to the rest of everybody here in this podcast, how are you all feeling like coach, Flizz? Like, how does this feel to you? Even Eli yourself, does this not feel like a movie? Does it not feel
2: surreal? It doesn't even feel like... It doesn't feel like a movie. It doesn't feel... It feels very surreal. Yeah. It feels very, very surreal. It feels very, very unreal. But it feels like it's a very disassociative state. Yes. When I look around, nothing looks the same. My house doesn't look the same. The smells don't smell the same. Outside of the house doesn't look the same. Nothing nothing even feels real. Mm. Nothing feels tangible I can touch it and when I feel it it doesn't feel like what I remember that it felt like it doesn't see it doesn't feel like anything that I've seen before it's not like a tv show or a movie because like I said they romanticize that it doesn't seem like a twitter feed where people are talking about it they romanticize that it doesn't seem like the culture where people like oh I'm going through this I'm depressed or oh you got attitude you're bipolar it doesn't feel real to where it's so indescribable that it leaves you without words to be able exactly to describe it like i can't even describe the feeling that i'm going through and the emotions that come with it because it just does not feel real and i know suicide is real i know death is real we no one's going to live forever people die every day yeah people die every day i've seen death firsthand i've battled with death firsthand i've had to make decisions to take people off of life support firsthand i've watched it happen i've watched people take their last breath this is very different it's a very different experience and that it just does not feel real is all that i can say
0: thank you flizz coach what do you think
1: um, and to me it's it it still doesn't feel real because it's just like every like looking on the outside, you never think like that she was going through all of this. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, so and then, like, I remember from the podcast before laughing, talking, giggling, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying it's just like it's just like bringing so much positivity and light and now it's just like what yeah really like what yeah. like that that's how that shit feels yeah i agree um,
3: uh, I, I would have to say definitely surreal you know um it was it was uh, it was crazy cuz i literally saw her last photo or video on tiktok and my partner asked me, like, where did I get that um, that cap cut um, edited? And I, I had used her video because that was the last one I had seen. And uh, when I spoke to Janae about this, I was just very, very shocked, you know. But at the same time, as Eli said, you never know when someone's suffering through something. Um as a person who, who suffers from anxiety and PTSD, I suffer from silence a lot, so, oh, you wouldn't really know when yeah. someone's going through a really difficult time, and you could see what you see on any type of internet platform, but yeah, the only thing I could honestly say that's a, a positive thing she left behind is all of her content, her music, yeah. her voice will, will definitely live on, which I think is, and even just Eli telling her story is, is really important, Yeah discussions that we need to have specifically within the black community Um, discussions that don't happen often you know it's definitely unfortunate but kind of like how Eli said it's it's you know when you see someone suffer through something and you kind of know that they're no longer suffering it's it's something where inside of you as much as you're dealing with the grief you're actually at yourself at peace because they're no longer hurting Yeah.
2: And that's exactly where I am. It's like I am battling my own grief, but I don't feel for her. I don't feel bad for her. I don't feel pity for her. I feel peace and I feel happy for her because that's what she decided and she made that choice for herself. So to remove myself out of the situation, I definitely feel at suffering. Anymore. But I wish it could be different. Absolutely. Is it very unfortunate? Absolutely. Is it sad to see? Absolutely. But in reality, it happens every day. But to touch on the positive note is like, this is a person that was an advocate. She was an advocate in the LGBTQIA plus yes. space all the way around. She didn't pick a choose a oh I'm a lesbian, I'm gonna fight for this. Or oh, well, this is important to me. Trans rights are important, so I'm going to fight for this. She was an advocate for everybody, and that just speaks the volumes of the level of freedom that she wanted for people and that she felt that she didn't have and felt that people need, at the end of the day, these are basic human rights, to move freely and choose who you love and show up and present how you want to and express yourself and whatever... gender expression or orientation or pronoun or a label that sees fit or lack thereof is something that she was all about all about and she would be across platforms she would be in private conversations she was always one to advocate on somebody else's behalf and I think that is the the best one of the best memories that we can keep of her outside of just her music and outside of just her tiktoks and content and things like that because those don't really show who she was as a person you put up content okay you want to make sure it gets views you want to make sure that it's relatable you want to make sure it's something that may hit home for you but at the end of the day that's a quick 30 second 60 second maybe a minute at best video okay you make a song that may be something that you dealt with in the past it may not be something actively that you're going through so that's great it shows your creative space but day in and day out something that she did represent was, like I said was freedom was autonomy and was advocacy being able to advocate on your own behalf and on the behalf of others and not make it personal to you because you have a, a basic human right to be able to show up as your true and authentic self and one of my one of my quotes and the slogan to my business is there's freedom and authenticity. There's yeah. no validation necessary. So there's so much. You don't have to be validated to walk in your experience. You don't have to prove anything to anyone. You don't have to get anyone's acceptance. And there's freedom in just being who you are and showing up as you are in your rawest and your most rawest form. And this is her most rawest form. Um, I, I Go ahead. I, I, go
0: ahead said no i was saying that's beautiful like as oh lord i'm trying to be strong so, <laughs> um talking about it is all i remember seeing was this bright colored rainbow fucking hair <laughs> and skin, wow. just stand out and i remember thinking who is this and what she got a rainbow on her head this is cool and, <laughs> I remember messaging, her. I was like, you know what? Cause she had a video, I cannot follow life remember, it was about really off my head, but she was talking such so, so eloquently. And I remember thinking, yo yup, I gotta get on the podcast, you yeah, gotta get on. And I remember messaging her, she was like, Word? Really? I was like, Yes. And I remember her being on that episode, and it was about allyship actually, um, for the LGBTQIA and she spoke so candidly. We had a laugh. We had a joke. But I will always treasure the conversation afterwards. And I remember saying, because you know, in this community, sometimes it's really hard to make friends. And you know, sometimes when you are a little bit different and you are a little bit out there, sometimes it's really hard. And you know, we all in here, we, we are not quote unquote normal as people say to make friends and be like I was like you know what we need we need to have more bros and sisters and you know we need to do this and she was like yes we do like yeah I'm cool and and we were saying you know you got to come back on the podcast again and you know we were laughing we had a rap battle because obviously she does rap and uh, she (laughs) I remember listening to the episode recently And the way she rang me in, like, it was a boxing match. Like, ding, 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 ding. there's a black witch in this corner. I was like, okay, don't put me on the spot because I can't rap to save my life. But I remember laughing to myself just how jovial she was, how amazing she was. But I remember her talking about her experiences and what she'd been through. And, you know, looking, like we've all said here, looking at someone and realizing that this person is going through this very moment, so much shit that is going on in their head that they've experienced that they that, that that's just happened. And you wouldn't know because they have a smile on their face, you know, a little glint in their eye, you know, they they stand out, but they stand out for one reason, not because of another. And it just it's just one of those things that just make you go, wow. You never really know, like this person could be like, yeah, I'm good, I'm fine. And you never really know what this person is thinking, what this person is feeling. You know, you know, you only see a snippet and what people don't realize, especially through social media is, is, you know, you can see a snippet of someone for 15, 30, three minutes, 10 minutes you know, have a minute and see that snippet and think you know everything about that person, but in actual fact, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You don't know you what don't. they go through. You don't know that just because they make content and you know they could be smiling or they're dancing and stuff. Um and it's it's not easy in these streets. And Eli, if it's okay with you, um Could you read the letter, please, my lovely, if
2: you could? Yeah, I'll definitely read it. Um, Right before that, just to piggyback again off of what you were saying, to put it in perspective, this girl had been off of TikTok and off of social media for a while. Mm -hmm. This last past week, she had literally just posted, like, a video, then posted a second video, and it went viral.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: At the last time I looked at it, it had like 200 something 40K views. Um, and the very night, that Friday night, she went on live. Mm-hmm. She got on live and she wasn't all the way present, but she was on live. And then the very next day is when she disappeared and decided to go off and take her own life. So that just shows you, somebody can be, like I said, she's not on there at all and then she gets back on, you think everything's cool, you think everything's fine, and the next day she decides to end her life. So, what you see is not always what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to go into her letter, it'll break down a little bit more of what she was saying. And, um, okay, let me give a second. Okay. Take your time. Take your time, my lovely. Take your time. Okay, so to read the letter, she says... Every day is supposed to be a new day, but I keep waking up inside of the same nightmare. I'm tired of waking up, period. To my friends, my family and loved ones, thank you for trying to help me. I wouldn't have made it this far without you. All of you know what I've been battling with for a long time, seems like forever. I love you guys so much. There's nothing that any of you could have done differently. I am trapped.
3: Take your time. Take your time. I'm sorry.
2: Thank you. No, take your time. Don't say <sighs> I am trapped. And the only way I see myself escaping is by pulling the plug. I can't do this with myself any longer. I have really tried. And I'm tired of fighting this battle that I keep losing. I'm sorry for any pain that I've ever caused. I'm shameful of some of the same things that I've done. I can't even forgive myself. I don't know what it's like on the other side, but at least I'll be free from this human experience. And make sure y'all tell my story. It may help someone like me. It may change the way that people treat others, parents, Please do a better job at loving your kids. I wish mine did. Maybe I would have had a better shot at life. Thank you for listening. I can't do this anymore. Thame. <laughs> P.S. I choose to be cremated. <sighs> for sure.
3: thank you
1: <sighs> 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 can we
0: just take a minute to... want um, yeah let's just to say we honor fame's name we know that she's at peace. She will be truly missed. She was <laughs> a bright light, a beautiful, girl, a loving girlfriend, an amazing daughter and sibling, man, and her hard work that she did in advocating. Never. Stopped. May continue to change the world. May continue to shake. Because what she was was a rarity—a p- a pure soul with a pure heart that was a demon's. But we would take a minute to say may you rest in peace I know Eli you, you take your time and we gather I'll say this to you Flizzy and Coach listening tonight What advice would you give to listeners going through the same kind of mental health struggles, what <laughs> would give them a, a glimmer of hope or some words of encouragement to keep them?
1: Uh, for me, you don't have to go through anything alone. I know sometimes people choose to go through stuff alone, but you don't have to be alone. You don't have to talk to a therapist. You can even talk to somebody like a friend. Hell, I'm putting this shit out there. If you feel like to talk to me, I will listen. Like, don't ever feel like you're alone and that nobody will understand you. You don't have to feel like that.
2: Thank you, Sissy.
1: Coach.
3: Ugh. Sorry. Take your time, Coach. Um, If I could say anything off of experience, like dealing with my own battles, I would say you're not a burden. <laughs> you're definitely not a burden. Um... And I hope that you find, and I've said this in many videos, you know, same thing as Lizzie just said, please hit me up if you feel like you just need a safe space. Because I think that's one of the things that I've learned is having a safe space, just like this one, is so important. Um, And something that I've just started kind of doing is if someone asks me if, you know, how you doing, depending on who it is, especially if it's my safe space, I say straight up, like, if I'm good or if I'm not, it's being honest. Um, It's something I've struggled with that I'm sure we all have when someone asks, you, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. But actually saying, actually nah, <laughs> I'm not. Um, and it kind of reverts back to thinking if you're saying, if you're telling the person how you're really doing that you're a burden, but you're not. You're really not. And I just want you to know that you're important and you matter and you're worthy. You mm-hmm. are important and you're not here by just mere happiness. Mm-hmm. You're here for a reason.
0: I would also like to you back off that and say but he who is dealing with suicidal thoughts, feeling like there's no end in sight, you can hit me up Um, I've said this on an email address, it is C for Charlie, B for Bravo, W for Whiskey, C for Charlie, B for Bravo, W for Whiskey, C for Charlie, B for Bravo, W for Whiskey, ATA at gmail.com. You can email me and you can sit down with me and we could talk. I would also like to piggyback and say, listen... Any demons you're fighting do not feel like you have to do this fight alone. Any pain that you're going through, you do not have to do this alone. There are support networks. And I know right here was to be myself, Coach and Fliz. We will be here for you. The whole reason we started Les Vibe was to have a voice. So people could be heard and we have our opinions but also to help people in need so if you need that help we to help you I would like to say thank you so much for being so brave you are one brave woman you're an amazing woman and can we give her a round of applause because no, 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 wait,
2: wait. I do want to I don't need a round of applause but I do want to tap into what y'all are saying as like last words because the thing about being a burden is one thing that I've heard so many times in the last I don't even know how long and I want to speak to two different audiences Mm -hmm. for the people that are going through this people that are battling with depression or people that are contemplating suicide I promise you you are not a burden (laughs) If anybody loves you and they care about you and they support you, they will literally do any and everything to show up for you. No matter how many times, no matter how many bad days, no matter what you're going through, you are not a burden. You are not a burden. Sometimes stuff just gets so heavy, you can't do it. You're one person. You are one person. You cannot do it all by yourself. It is okay to let people know that you're not okay. It is okay to let somebody know that you're at your wit's end. And if you're stuck on committing suicide, it is okay to let somebody know that this is what you're about to do. Please, if I don't ask you to do anything, if you get to that point, at least let somebody know if it's only one person, the person closest to you or not close to you, probably close to you because calling the suicide hotline is one thing. Okay, yeah, that may help. But when you're really ready to go, you're ready to go because people will disappear off and not tell anybody about it. So please, if you're at that point, just reach out one last time. One last time. Thank you. One last time and let somebody know that This is what you're about to do. And if there's anything on the other side, someone that is trying to support somebody through this type of season in their life, and I say season because it doesn't have to last forever, even if it's not in waves, and even if it seems like it's just a long time, it's a season. On the other side, just please know that sometimes enough is just not enough you can do everything you can do everything that you possibly can to show up for somebody and enough will not always be enough, but it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you necessarily failed that person enough is just not, it's just, sometimes it's just not enough. So don't carry the weight of if this is something that they have committed to and that they have actually completed, don't carry the weight of thinking that you could have done anything differently there is more than likely nothing that you could have done differently and again you're one person you are one person and you can't do it all you cannot do it all
0: thank you thank you again eli thank you so much for taking your time AJ, thank you so much for coming in here and supporting and coming in and saying your parts too. Um, we are dedicating this, obviously, this episode to Said Famous, aka Fame, aka Whitney. Please, um, if you have any comments, please click the community tab on the Anchor app um, where there will be a question about what your views are. And if you go onto the Spotify app, you can click the reply button to also leave your views. Um, <clears throat> I've been Curvy Black Witch, that's my TikTok handle. My Instagram handle is Curvy Blackwitch, and 88 at the end. And Flizzy, if you, if you know how they can contact Les Vibe, over to uh, you. Um,
1: uh, I am Flizzy, as y'all already know. Um, You can contact me through TikTok at Flizzy McGuire, F-L-I-Z-Z-Y-M-C-G-U-R-E. And then you can contact me on Instagram at at jobmotion, J-A-M-O-T-I-O-N-N underscore. Um, In order to contact Les Vibe, all you have to do is look in either one of those bios, click that link tree, and it should say something along the lines of Les Vibe submissions uh put in all your information and it comes directly to me in my email and then um, I get it and I share with Nate and we try to find a way to incorporate it with the
0: podcast. Thank you, cuz
1: Again, Eli, thank you so much
0: for taking time out of your day to come and sit with us and spread awareness about mental health, about suicide. And obviously sharing your stories and the letter from Stud Famous herself. We have been Les Vibe. We will see you again
1: next week. All that's left to say is rest in peace, fame. Take care.